great to have Mike on the porch there this afternoon talking a little MLB, talking about this Field of Dreams game later tonight. Um, going to be fun. Fun little stretch here. I think this really kind of sets it off. We've we've got less than you know two months of baseball that counts till the postseason. And the Field of Dreams tonight is going to be phenomenal. Want to go ahead and make a little... Little correction here, guys, for you right off the top. Cannot believe I left out for the love of the game when you get to the draft or the movies of baseball coming down the stretch. For the love of the game, has to be in there. Another classic like Field of Dreams. Going to be awesome tonight to see that visually, how the corn is going to play. Uh, we're going to get into all the things about Field of Dreams. little trivia on Field of Dreams, a baseball movie draft. Talking about the AL playoff pitcher. And about tonight's game, Lance Lynn versus Andrew Heaney. Going to be a good one. The White Sox have the advantage on the mound with Lance Lynn. 10-game winner. Going to be fun to watch tonight. Cannot wait. Hope you guys enjoy it. You guys know what to do. If it's in the morning, then uh, listen to how right we were, how right I was about the White Sox, and how wrong Mike might have been about the Yankees. Or if it's in the evening, grab that drink and enjoy. Uh, make it a ice-cold Budweiser and uh, enjoy the baseball tonight. Field of Dreams game, and uh, come on back and listen to us here on the porch. All right, we're back here on the porch, and joining me tonight, uh, today, whenever um, you're listening, is uh, Michael Sussman. Mike, what's going on, buddy? Not too much, man. Just uh, hanging out, enjoying a few days off, a few days away from the ballpark with the West Virginia power out of town. So just uh, having some downtime and looking forward to this game tonight. Hey, Mike, I'll tell you what, buddy, <laughs> it's always always nice to have a couple down days from the ballpark uh, after you're there as often as we are sometimes, man. So it's it's definitely definitely time that's enjoyed. Uh, sit back and watch some other teams play. Watch the major leaguers get after it a little bit, man. A um, lot of day games today, but the big one tonight on Fox, the Field of Dreams game, Yankees and White Sox. I'm stoked for this. Real excited. I just think it's just breaking up the monotony of a major league season. Something, something that I like it when Major League Baseball does that. You know, you think about the Williamsport games, the London games, when they've started some seasons in Japan or you know in in Cuba or in not in Cuba. Well, they played some games in Cuba, but the Dominican too. It's always nice. Puerto Rico. Um, Mike, how are you feeling about this game tonight, though, man? I'm stoked for it. I've probably seen the movie Field of Dreams approximately 200, 250 times. I could probably recite it word for word from the jump. So You I, sound like me with Sandlot, Mike. It's it's pure baseball at its finest. I love it. And, man, you know, you think about the storyline. I'm just excited to see the, the way it's covered tonight as well. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to be a really kind of fun and interesting uh just the way they can go about doing it. And, you know, the jerseys are going to be old school looking already. We know that. I, I can't wait for that that portion and that part of the game uh, to take place. Mike, I mean, we look at this pitching matchup too for tonight. It's going to be a pretty, pretty good matchup. Um, when you got a guy like Lance Lynn taking the hill for the White Sox, um, who has been absolutely, uh, you know, one of the best pitchers in the game, this year without question. And, you know, I guess Andrew Heaney's been around and done some stuff. So, uh, but Lance Lynn taking them out in a game like this, you know, in the setting, man, it's going to be so much fun to watch. Yeah. Lance Lynn's been balling this year. He's got a 10 win season already. 2.04 ERA. That'll be fun to watch. 
What do you think it's going to feel like for those players to almost play inside of a movie? Like, that's got to be a crazy feeling. I'm sure all of these guys, especially the ones from America, probably grew up watching Field of Dreams also, just as a baseball fan. <laughs> like, I feel I like mean, it would almost be eerie, especially playing for the White Sox. Oh, yeah. I mean, it would almost – a dream inside the Field of Dreams, right? Uh, yeah. I don't think there's any other way to go around it or to say it. Just knowing – I mean, it ends up being one of the classic movies of all time. Like, and I'm going to be honest with you, not a movie that I've watched a tremendous amount of times considering my love for the game of baseball and just kind of just, you know, the way people were revere this movie. I feel like I've got to do some catching up and, you know, and, and kind of getting back into it a little bit. But man, this storyline and seeing the White Sox get it. And, you know, it's based off the Shoeless Joe novel. Um, yeah for him to be the guy in it. I do find this interesting and I want your take on this real quick. And then we'll get back into a little more about the game and being in the kind of the, the feel of just the cinema, the cinema of it right tonight. Mm. But MLB using a lot of shoeless Joe to promote this game yet. Uh, won't allow the man in the hall of fame. Hmm. That's a good point. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't throw the series. You know, he, he took the money. He wasn't the guy. And- he was a part of it, but he wasn't the bling raider of it. But if you look at his stats, he still played great. He still he wasn't he was still competing out there. Obviously, it was a mistake, but it was what 80, 90 years ago at this point. I, I think <laughs> right. if if baseball is going to market off of a movie about Shoeless Joe Jackson, I mean, how much do you think they're making off of TV deals and things uh, off this game tonight? Oh, I, Mike, I, I I'm not even sure I can put the right number on it because it's probably even higher than I can even imagine. So you're talking about that guy who's who's woven into the history of the game largely because of this movie. I think it's time for baseball to get over it. But but the the world of baseball is not very good at getting over grudges. And no, it's it holds grudges. It does not get over them. That is one thing in particular that we know about baseball. And you know, I love the purest aspect of it. Um, I will say this too: the fact that Major League Baseball is as tied into gambling now as it is. I think it's time for Pete and Trailers Joe to get opportunity. I know. Inside the ropes, it's a big deal. You're not supposed to bet on the game. It's there everywhere. But it's just a reality of it. Our times have changed. Um, and I think both guys should at least be in, in the hall. Maybe if you want to put them in a separate little hallway in the hall. I don't know. You <laughs> have know. a little asterisk crew in there. You can have Pete Rose, Shoeless Joe Jackson, Barry Bonds. They can have their own little, own little I, section I, together. I almost want to keep those guys who gambled on it separate from the guys who did roids. That's okay, just my so it's, just, it's just Pete Rose and, and uh, Shoeless Joe hanging yeah. out. Yeah, you can have them in their little hallway. Then you turn the corner and you can go to the stairway wing <laughs> if you want to. You know, <laughs> and I mean, that's you the red guys. That's your Mark McGuire. Kind of. Right? Yeah, it's it's just like an asterisk. Uh, it's like an asterisk hallway kind of thing. You're <laughs> like an L-shaped part of the building, and just you know, Cooperstown could Cooperstown could do that. I think it's. it's maybe time for that especially with the way they're doing gambling at least and maybe steroids maybe not as as easy and kind of uh recognizant to let that go but the gambling i think at this point in time it's it's time to let it go without question especially when you're talking about something that happened over a hundred years ago to one of the most historically significant figures in the game oh yeah do you think about and i even thought you were talking about the game of the the mobsters can you think about the you know who they were involved with there you know it's man, it's I'm excited, excited to watch this tonight, Mike. I think the coverage of it's going to be phenomenal. I don't know if you've seen the field yet or not. I'm looking at it right now. I'm actually watching a little clip with Kevin Costner strolling around. It, it looks pretty remarkable. They got a little fence in front of the corn, 
So I guess I guess you know it's still got to go over to count as a right. home run, but it, it it looks just like the movie. It's pretty yeah. amazing. It, it it truly is amazing. Like when you when you think about it, the level of detail that they did to make that thing look as as realistic to the movie set and kind of feeling like you're in that field in Iowa while still holding the major league baseball dimensions and everything else is phenomenal. And the fact that the movie sets literally across the maze, you know, that they've made a little MLB design and another, other couple of things of corn. And then you're there and on the actual site where that they've had it since the movie was made in the 19 late 1980s, 1988 when it was shot. That's incredible too. And the fact that that dude literally just thinks it's cool to have a baseball field at his house. I love that. And just never charge people for years. People could come. It was a part of baseball lore. He loved having it. I think that's phenomenal. And I don't know if you saw this, or Mike, or not, but there was a couple of youth teams from both um, New York and Chicago that got out there to play a game. And there was a kid who hit one grand slam into the corn. So that will be different tonight. They'll actually have to clear a fence. But the youth kids, uh, they hit one into the corn. I mean, if they can do it, Aaron Judge probably has a decent chance (laughs) i'd imagine judge and stanton uh might have an opportunity to to knock one to knock one into that corn maze and to 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 touch them all um i mean you know mike let's kind of we're going to continue to keep talking interwoving this field of dreams movie into the game as we continue to keep talking here tonight but you think about that yankee lineup i mean when you have a guy in Joey Gallo coming in to protect, and you've got him hitting fourth, Stant hitting fifth, right? Luke Voigt coming back, hitting sixth. I mean, that's a murderer's row. Like, now granted, hey, we talk about the the Yankees, but the White Sox, I mean, Tim Anderson's hit home runs and back-to-back games on Sunday and Monday nights to lead off the game on the first pitch. Abreu, Eloy Jimenez has been hitting, I think, four home runs in his last five games. Andrew Vaughn coming on. I mean, both these teams hit the long ball and do it with regularity. Yeah, Lance Lynn's having a great season this year, but I don't expect it to be one to nothing tonight. No, definitely not. Um, and also, I'll say this right now. I expect the White Sox to win tonight, Mike. They crush against left-handed pitching, and Andrew Heaney is a lefty. So I've got a feeling the White Sox will outlast the Yankees tonight. But, man, going to be a great game. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited this game – tonight means something in the in the race as well it's not just like a one-off cool game at a spot which it is a one-off game in a cool spot but it does mean something i mean as much as a game in the middle of august can mean toward a pennant race but both these teams you know are chasing something the white Sox to be the top team in the al and the yankees are right in the middle of the thick of this yeah, race these, in the east and the wild card yeah these games are massive for the new york Yankees. they're trying to Trying to catch up with the Rays and the Red Sox in the AL East, trying to squeak into that wild card picture. It, it should be a fun one tonight. Oh, uh, it, it, it's going to be a fun one. And I look at it and say, man, the rest of the games, the rest of the series at this point in time are the ones that now you got to make sure that those don't lose significance. Um, if you are a White Sox or a Yankee, like you've got you've to barrel down. Now, you know, when you get back to Chicago on Saturday, because you're going to face Dylan Cease, and then you're going to have a, a Sunday, you know, day game, get out of town uh, when you're facing Giolito. So the Yankees, tonight's a big one, and they're facing Lynn, and they have Kenny going. So, like you said, massive games for the Yankees right now, and their push for the playoffs. Um, 
Whereas the White Sox, I think, are pretty comfortable, Mike. I think me and you have talked enough to know and feel each other out on this that we both really, really like the White Sox in October. But tell the folks why you feel that way, man. Hey, you know, just how could you not like them at this point with the starting pitching that they have in that rotation, as well as just their their top to bottom. Uh, they're just their lineup. Their lineup top to bottom is is really solid, and with Lance Lynn and Giolito getting the ball on the bump this year, they've just been really solid all around. Uh, and Mike, I mean, you know, you mentioned Lance Lynn and Giolito, but then you 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 know, Dylan Cease has been good. Um, the resurgence of Carlos Rendon. I mean, that bullpen in the back end with Hendricks, and you add in the fact they got Kimbrell and Taperia from the from the Cubs at the break, along with Kopech. Uh, I mean, that's that bullpen could be the best in baseball potentially. Um, and then that lineup, the fact that they're they're just now getting it back and everyone back uh, with the link that lineup's going to present. I mean, the fact that Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert are just now finally coming back for the season. I mean, the sky's the limit for the White Sox. And I think with the remainder of the season playing the Indians who sold off, the Twins that sold off, the Royals have been struggling here of late since that great start early. I mean, they're going to win a ton of games here in the next two months, and I fully expect them to be the one seed in the American League. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. And, and they've just they've just been consistent all season. They've played complementary baseball. They've got Tim Anderson having a great year at the top of that order. They've got the middle of the lineup production also. So, yeah, I like the Chicago White Sox for sure in the AL. I And, you know, you even think, too, Mike, you know, we talk about we like him in the AL. You just think about the guys that they're going to throw out there for postseason games, right? And now, granted, they didn't have the best – didn't have the best luck last year in their return to the postseason. But you got a guy like Lance Lynn, who you add, who is definitely going to be the guy who gets the ball in a game one situation. He's seen plenty of October baseball. I mean – that right there gives you a lot of confidence. Liam Hendricks has been in there in the back end, so is Kimbrell. So if the starters that – that'd be my one question with the White Sox is, is some of the rotation has not seen that postseason. But a lot of these guys have been in it and been right in the thick of it when the bullets start flying in the biggest of games. Um, and I think that will definitely benefit them coming down the stretch. Um, we talked <laughs> – this game's going to be a good game too. Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah, not just like some – I mean, because last year I think it was supposed to be what, Cubs and Cardinals, which I guess would have been all right. But this one tonight, I kind of like the White Sox aspect of it too. Like, For sure. Yeah. Having to – like, of course, you got to have the White Sox and like having another historical franchise in there too. Oh, yeah. I mean, dude, especially a um, – like especially the inaugural time you're going to do this, you've got to have it be the White Sox. Like – I was shocked last year when they said it was going to be Cubs Cardinals. I'm like, what? You know, the chances of the Yankees, you know, coming through and making this playoff push, they've definitely covered, you know, a lot of ground already in a short amount of time. Uh, the Yankees are coming. The Yankees are coming. They sure are. The last couple of seasons, they've come close to reaching the ultimate goal, but haven't quite and quite gotten there. They're in a little bit of a race this season with the Boston Red Sox trying to squeak into that last wild card spot. Maybe they can catch the Tampa Bay Rays, but they just got to get in. They got to get a chance. I think that their offense is going to get hot at the right time. When you have Aaron Judge and John Carlos standing with Joey Gallo and pinstripes heading down the stretch of the regular season, you just 
you start to get a feeling, and then I think it's going to start tonight in the Field of Dreams ball game. I got the Yankees. Yeah, the Yankees tonight. So you're so you're you're projecting a lot of power, kind of hit over that corn there uh, for for the Bombers tonight. I think the Bronx Bombers are going to be dropping some bombs in the middle of Iowa. There's just something about those pinstripes. It's just it's just nostalgic. Hey, I don't know. It's I mean, I, baseball. I think it'll shine and bright on the field. Mike, and, I, and I'll give you this, man. I mean, yeah, the, the pinstripes are beautiful, and the Yankees are are historic franchise, but. Are you really going to pick against the the ghost of Ray Liotta and the White Sox in this game of Field of Dreams? I mean, I, I think I think he's going to come out a little rusty. I, I, think. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. I mean, I don't know, man. I like I said, I, I know we're going to differ on this tonight, obviously, but I think we both we both are saying that we think the Yankees are going to make the postseason. Yes, sir. I, If we're kind of talking about the rest of the picture here, real quick, right? Uh, are you going Oakland or are you going Houston? Um, uh, where's that race at right now? I mean, you got Oakland's about two back right now of Houston. I think might be three as of last night, but they're up sixteen to nothing. Right now, Indians, as we speak, um, and quickly, and I love the moves they made. I'm I'm pretty big on Oakland here, maybe t- overtaking the Astros in the West. Actually, you on that too? I like the moves that the Oakland Athletics made. They picked up Star Starling Marte. They were a little bit aggressive, maybe not quite Billy Bean like traditionally, and I think it's going to pay off. They are on fire right now. Rattling oh yeah, six hey. in a row. You got Marte Parte and Jay Hay all day um, wearing that Kelly green and gold there. I like that. Um, Man, I I mean, love in, in the end, y'all, I miss, the I real Jay Hay. Yeah, the real Jay Hay, not Jason Hayward. That's <laughs> Jay Ha. Uh, <laughs> no, but I mean, man, I, I tell you this, Mike, I think we're in agreement on that, man. The, the, the wild card team, I don't think there's any doubt there's going to be one that comes out of down to, I shouldn't say that because Houston's still in the mix, Oakland, Tampa, Boston, New York, right? But then Toronto too, like who's going to get left out in the East? Do you think the Jays get left out? Do you think they're surging at the right time? I kind of think that they might be surging at the right time, but then that leaves out Tampa, right? So like Tampa's, you feel like pretty good in Tampa making it, right? I like Tampa. They've they've held it steady all season. I like I like they're playing great baseball right now. They really are. I mean, seven and three in their last ten. They've literally lead down the Red Sox in the division. About to about. I, I we've kind of been talking about this a little bit all season. I I I'm kind of with you on that one. I think they've been a little bit fluky to this point this year. They just don't have as much firepower on their rosters as certainly the Yankees do. The type of firepower that they've had in the past, um, especially in the pitching, I feel like right now for them, Mike, while it's while it is good, it is not great. And I think for them to get where they need to get to in October, it's got to be great. It's not great. Um, and I think it's been, like you said, a little flukish at times how good some of their starting pitching has been this year. Um, so I kind of look at that and say, 
you know, that you've got to go um, with with them being one of the teams that's out. But I, I really like Toronto. And, man, they're pitching is, they've been pitching so well of late. You added Barreros. You think about Robbie Ray and how he's turned it around there. And you throw in Manoa, how good he's been, the former Mountaineer. I mean, Toronto's pitching is coming alive. And those bats are still something. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10. They have the highest run differential in the, in the division at plus 132. I feel like they're going to start winning some of these games now. Yeah, how great of a story has Manoa been? He's been electric, man. I mean, he's – they kind of brought him up just to kind of have a start, you know, get his feet wet. And he's never, never looked the other way. Um, Supreme confidence. That first start against the Yankees where he was all over national television and everything and his parents were chanting and it was it was a really big deal. They asked him in the press conference what it was like to handle all that pressure. And, and he just said, I don't want to suck. Simple as yeah. that. And he just it's, went out there and just you know took care of it. I mean, man, and he doesn't suck. I mean, you look at his <laughs> numbers this year, Mike. Five and one with a 2.59 ERA, a 1.02 whip. 71 strikeouts. He had 11 Ks last night versus the Angels. He has not given up more than five hits in a start since he came up to the big leagues. It's impressive. It truly is impressive. He's struck out now. He's back on July 2nd. Then he struck out nine and three and two-thirds innings against Tampa on the ninth. Had 11 last night. He's He is doing some incredible, incredible things. And I'm going to tell you, I traded him straight up in fantasy baseball for Brian Reynolds. And I'm as good as Brian Reynolds has been, I'm starting to kind of wish that I wouldn't have done it. Hey, you live, you learn. It's a long, long fantasy season. It is. Oh, it's a keeper league too. Oh, keeper so, league. oh yeah. Nice. I, I didn't know if the Mino would ever be. I thought he was going to continue to be good. I didn't dream he'd be this good. He's got ace type potential. I thought he was going to be more of a high high ceiling two slash three starter but man it's proven me wrong so far hey, hey reynolds is an all-star though oh reynolds is a reynolds is an amazing player any place for my buckos so it felt like it was a good the ray whisper get that one on me because he he deservedly so uh got me in that deal but I, i'll tell you this mike that's kind of why i think man in the end the red sox will not be in and that one of these two teams is going to make it and then i even wonder about the astros man I mean, yes, they played good all year, but they are, they're starting to kind of not play as good a baseball as they've been playing. I don't think their pitching rotation is as stout as some of these other clubs are. Yeah, they improved that bullpen a little bit, but I don't think they've got lights out stuff down there. I'm starting to worry about the Astros maybe in the postseason. At this point, the athletic in the AL. Uh, Astros just haven't been as good as they have been in past years. Uh, but they're solid. They're right there. I mean, they're definitely right there. But I, I just – the thing about it is, and it's, it's kind of wild because you feel like in the NL it's all but decided. But in the AL, there's just – there's going to be probably two really good teams that don't even get to sniff October. How do you feel about the playoff format as is? That's kind of a bigger, larger discussion. Oh, I love it, though, Mike. I'm ready to talk about it. Uh, I hate the format the way it is currently constructed. The one-game wild card is the worst thing that's ever happened to the game of baseball, in my opinion. Uh, I like the idea of getting these seven teams in. I thought last year there was so much excitement with that 60-game season. Maybe you don't quite have that many teams in the playoffs, 
but I, I kind of liked it when it was a little bit more open and you didn't exclude so many good teams every year. It was it was fun to see a one through eight in in both leagues and kind of the the three game series to start. So you know it was a normal ish type of deal weekend series or you know starting Thursday afternoon series. You had to win two or three to make it to the next round. That felt like true baseball, not the wild card. I'm more into that than seeing this five game with a one game wild card. One game in baseball to me just isn't enough. Oh, Mike, trust me, buddy. I've I've been to two of them in Pittsburgh and never saw a freaking run scored by my home team Buckos. <laughs> so I, you can tell me all day um, how exciting it is, man. And the one year when Russell Martin hits the home run when it's Quato. Quaid, of course, I'm not there for that one, and they win it, which is still base, best baseball day of my life. I'll contend so that I die. It's the best one um, after all that long time of never seeing it, and then seeing it finally and getting a win over the Reds of all teams too. But yeah, man, that one game is terrible because you can get you can ha- be the better team or playing really well and lose to a Madison Bumgarner who's ch- going to chug 16 beers after he beats you in a one game or. Losing to Jake Arrieta when he had the best stuff of all time for about three months when you won 98 games in the regular season, and then you had to go home after one. So, yeah, I hate the format, Mike. I feel that way in a lot of sports, just with the way the divisions and things are set up. You just do want to see more teams that play great baseball wire-to-wire get in. Just that Excellent, Absolutely, and I think there's just something to a true weekend series and, and having teams win three games out of five or having teams win, the you know, two out of three even. Because the best teams we saw last year in those series over the weekend when they can set up their pitching, they're going to win those series most of the time. The best teams will still win. They've still got a better one or two. But you know what? If you're a team, like, say, who, who was maybe didn't have as good of an ace as the other club, at least you had a chance, you know, at least you have a chance when you lose twice. You think about that in no other in no other sport other than football, no other level of baseball anywhere on the planet are you eliminated from postseason contention with one loss. And they're going from somewhat of like a March Madness excitement, but I just think the way that it plays out, like you just mentioned with starting pitching, it's just not – it doesn't always put the best teams in the next round. I, I, I agree. I think it – not only that, Mike, but it just at times it it doesn't allow. It's just not true baseball. I mean, it is still the you know twenty seven outs and sixty feet six inches and ninety feet between the bases. But there's something about earning that right to be in that winner take all game um, that deserves a game five or a game seven, not game one, not the one wild card game. But I think this too. If you're going to do that that way, it should be record only. The four and the five teams should play. Some team that this year essentially is the Mets or the Phillies, depending on what happens. I think it'll probably be the Phillies, actually, Mike. But a team that wins a division who doesn't have as good a record as the teams in the other division, like, say, the West this year, the fact that the Dodgers and Padres might have to play in a wild card if the Giants keep it up is absurd when the Phillies get to skate onto the second round. It's just absurd. And that's the problem. I, I like how other sports, it's just straight conference. It's the top eight, get in, set up a bracket, and you just do it. Yeah. It's just, just, they've, had so, they've added so many weird entrants. Well, exactly. Well, and just, just the fact that it is that way 
with the two three part of it, it's, it's bothersome. But you know, we could, Mike. I tell you this, we could go all day about why the wild card, the one game wild card, is something that's <laughs> not not good for the game. Um, but I do want to get a real quick little snippet on you. I know you know in your show, we talk a lot of Reds, man. So give me your take on the Red Legs right now. How do you feel they are, where they're at organizationally and long-term? But also, kind of want to know what you think about what's going to happen the rest of this summer with the Reds. And are they dead yet? Or is there still a chance? I think they're approaching being dead. I think it, they, they're they not quite dead. Their head is, is just a little bit above water. They're barely breathing. So the lifeguard pool. needs to see him quickly. He needs to hop in that pool. Joey Votto him. needs to be that lifeguard that pops in and starts banging even more homers than he already is, he's right? trying as hard as he can. Yeah. I mean, what, what can you say about him? He dropped two more bombs last night. He's playing out of his mind at age 38. Um, but organizationally, I think the Reds are in a very strong place, the strongest that they've, they've been in a long time. They've got a lot of good Still pretty young players with, with Nick Castellanos. He's been playing great. He's right in the middle of his prime right now. Jonathan India has had a really nice season at the top of the order for Cincinnati. And Jesse Winker, he's been good in past years, but he's been a nice surprise. I don't think anybody expected him to do what he's done this year. So I think the Reds are in a really good place right now with their starting pitching too. Tyler Malley has had a great year this year. It hasn't quite been what we've wanted to see out of Sonny Gray and Louis Castillo, but there's a lot to be excited about within this Reds organization. As far as the rest of the summer, they, they've just got to find a way to string a consistent run together. It's been up and down. It's been win five in a row, lose four in a row. Mm-hmm. Right now, they're in a little bit of a tough skid with the Braves. They've lost a couple of heartbreakers right in a row. They lost three to two in the series opener and then lost an extra innings eight to six last night. So Organizationally, organizationally love where the Reds are for the next few years to come. This year, though, they're going to have to get hot in a hurry because yeah. Milwaukee's just been too good. Yeah, I'm with you there, Mike. I think Milwaukee's been excellent. I'm not necessarily sure how much I love Milwaukee, but they've been so consistent, like you said. And the Reds are going to have to get hot. And Milwaukee's going to have to have a bad, a bad week or two, you know. And that's, um, that's going to be tough with the pitching that they have for them to fall into that much of a slump would take a lot. Um, so you almost think the Reds are going to have to get back on that hot streak like they were before these last few games. Um, I've seen some more out of them of late, though, Mike. So I'm not going to declare them dead, but I think, like you said, the lifeguard needs to hop in or they're starting to chisel out the, the tombstone right now on this uh, 2021 <laughs> Red squad right now. I think it's it's getting that, getting to be that time for them. Um, I shouldn't say much. They engraved the Pirates tombstone, I believe it was April the 28th this year. <laughs> Two days after the season started. Yeah, you know, it's, I mean, probably actually, you're right, probably two days after the season started when old Key Brian Hayes uh, went on the IL. That was probably the the day that they started, you know, started chiseling it up for this season for the Buckos. But, um, Mike, I got to, I got to tell you real quick, man. I know tonight's going to be an exciting night of baseball. And I wanted to get one thing in here real quick, just a little bit of kind of some field of dreams kind of knowledge trivia on you oh, to see if you know some of these uh, things. Watch a good little documentary there um, about, about you know, the filming of this movie and everything like that. So I kind of want to hit you with this, see if you see, see what you know of this. So, okay. Um, who is the player that body in the film 
you know, that we see um, kind of get that opportunity and kind of became famous as a result of this movie. Which, which player or actor? Player, player. Are you talking about the, like, one of the, the guys that came out of the movie? Like... I'm more for, maybe the question wasn't great. So. <laughs> um, but, old, but old Moonlight Man oh, and his Moonlight story. Oh, yeah. Of course, yeah. I mean, that story is kind of sensational um, in itself. Now, Mike, the town. The town that they actually filmed this in, in Iowa. Oof, that's another, that's a, that's a stumper. Um, they definitely, I don't like to say in the movie. Okay. Gotta the, be honest, I don't know. Is it, is it where the game's being played tonight? It is where the game's being played. Now, I can't yeah. sit here and tell you 100% that that was ever mentioned in the film, but DeWiresville, Iowa is the answer. Just outside of uh, the... The Buke region there, I was told by uh, my uncle, who is an Iowa historian, there, okay. being being from the uh, the great state of Iowa. So, um, so another one here for you, Mike, real quick. Did you know, in 1988, when this was being filmed, we suffered one of the worst droughts in the corn industry, maybe in the last 50 years of this country. <laughs> I did not know that. I- I was un- un- unfamiliar with that. And so, as a result, they were about two weeks from filming, and they had no corn. So, I mean, <laughs> corn, no movie, right? I mean, I think that's pretty self-explanatory yeah. if you've seen Field of Dreams. And, you know, they had to do some major irrigating on this thing. Well, they did it, made it almost where it was too too tall, even. They had to start trimming it back. But, yeah, the 1988 drought. Um, and they went to town irrigating. It didn't have even anything two weeks before filming, and then it looked like it did. So pretty, uh, pretty wild. Saw that in the documentary, Mike. I was like, my yeah. goodness, you know, that's crazy. Yeah, Costner, no Costner was in trouble there, um, <laughs> you know, before that. Now, obviously, where do they go, Mike? Go ahead, buddy. Go ahead. Where, yeah, where did where did where did he go um, to kind of learn this history and the story that he brings back? You know, what major league city? Oh, uh, he went to Boston. Yeah, ding ding. So you know, that's the only thing I could think of to maybe make it even a little bit better is if they were playing the faltering Red Sox. You know, I guess and, yeah, they could could have worked the Red Sox in there, but yeah, and get get James Earl Jones. But the Yankee pinstripes, like you said, it's going to look magical out there. You know. Judge catches a ball and blends into the cornfield. I mean, that's just oh, going to be fantastic. I love the chain link aspect that they've got going here, too. Have you well, seen that, Mike? I, I haven't. I saw it's a little, like, low fence underneath the corn. Yeah. Yeah. So you can kind of – you still see the corn. Like, you know, and I was kind of wondering about that because um, I'm like, well, if they're going to have a fence, you know, let's – and then well done, though, with the chain link. I thought that was a real, real – Real nice press by them. Um, as well, Mike, I'm sure you know this one too. Last little last little bit here. But who famously played the role of Shoeless Joe in the film? That is Ray Liotta. Good. There it is. And Ray Liotta was at the height of him, of like what he was as an actor when he got this role. They said he was actually a decent ball player too. I could see it. He looks yeah. like a ball player. Said, said, he, said he didn't come in being necessarily what you would say, 
as a ball player, especially compared to Costner. But they said he uh, kind of got into it and really cared about it and and put on a pretty good performance. So it was like, all right, I, I see you. I see you, Ray, you know. Could have fooled to, Yeah. Another one here, Mike, for you. Okay. Did you know what the actual title of the film was going to be? It was not supposed to be Field of Dreams. Oof. Uh, I'm afraid he got me on that one, too. <laughs> Shoeless Joe. Just Shoeless Joe. It's going to be called Shoeless Joe. I think they nailed um, it with Field of Dreams. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, they. I guess they said that they were trying to throw around different titles of it, and they had Ray Kinsella, who wrote the novel, on the um, – on the phone and he said you know honestly if i didn't call it that i was gonna call it field of dreams and they're like yep and then they kind of said costner and the other guys knew at that point in time they weren't winning that argument it was going to be called field of dreams yeah they weren't winning that one yeah. i mean i think the name of that movie allows it to be what it is and then just when you watch the doc and you see them the way they were shooting it like they were just on site all the time whatever the sky gave them they were ready to shoot so it wasn't like a normal movie shoot where like everything's together and concise and they have a schedule when they're shooting they just shot stuff when it happened like when you know they think the heaven scene there they just had a real foggy time and they're like yep come on let's go we're doing this now like kevin costner is just so good in those sports roles too i'll watch him in any sports movie i don't are are you a fan of tin cup oh i love tin cup great love tin cup wish you would have dropped eventually but you know (laughs) i know right take take the take the u.s open win i mean (laughs) That's probably what I would have done, but hey, that's but I'm I'm not Tim, I'm not Roy McAvoy. So I, I might have done, yeah. Roy McAvoy is a different animal. I might have I might have done it after the I think after the second one, I might have went for it one more time, and then I'm like, yeah, I might get to come back here and do this again. So I'm probably gonna drop up here. Who am I kidding? I'm probably dropping the first time to be honest with you. I'm like, yeah, but I have an aversion to losing golf balls too, Mike. So you know, I did so. I, I'm not not a fan of of, of losing a, a five dollar golf ball. It's never. Never great when that happens, you know. Bucket of bucket of top flex. That's, <laughs> that's what you got to do. Hey, sometimes. hey, yeah. Especially when you, you know, do do you ever? Okay, this is a you know we're getting a little off topic. We get you on the golf here real quick, man. You know, you know we're always go there on the porch. Um, if you're getting ready to go onto a hole, you might have a chance at a hole in one or near water. Are you changing out your ball? If I have a chance at a hole in one, chance at a hole in one, par three. Obviously, I mean we all have a chance, even if we really don't. We still right, have the right. dream, you know. You never know. It's, it's you never know. possible. <laughs> I mean, a four-year-old did it, hitting a skull rocket. So you never know. It could happen. I, I would say, you know, I'm probably just going to ride out the same ball because there's just as good a chance that it's going to go right in the in that water up the right side. I'm not too picky with golf balls. I think unless you're good enough to consistently get spin and you really know what you're doing. You shouldn't really complain too much about what kind of ball you're playing because there's a good chance it's going to hop in the woods pretty soon. So, oh, eventually, I'm not too, I'm not too, whatever's in my pocket, that's probably what I'm putting down. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if you've been rolling well with the ball that day, you might as well just leave it where it be. Just you know, positive juju, keep it rolling. Yeah, I feel you. Continue, continue with the good mojo. Um, but no, I, I tell you what, Mike, that's, you know, that's something that you, you got to take advantage of. And, you know, let's getting into sports movies, man. Um, kind of wanted to do a little, and we'll kind of, you know, how you, you, when you pick teams in baseball, you kind of put your hand on the bottom. The other guy puts his hand up to the top. You, you keep going until you get to the, the knob of the bat. Yep. Still some baseball movies, my friend. We were gonna, we were gonna have a, uh, a little three person 
three out draft, but our other person couldn't join us today, the Ray Whisper. So kind of we'll do it this way, Mike. So your top of top baseball movie of all time is what? The Sandlot. Oh, okay. Well, you took uh, mine. So. <laughs> my, my favorite childhood movie. I think everybody's favorite childhood movie. Oh, it's uh, fantastic. Yeah. I think we just my all sister can up. literally quote the whole thing. <laughs> I probably could too. We just it's... grew up. I, I grew up wanting to be Benny the Jet Rodriguez. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hopping over that fence, saving the day. P.S. Liars, man. Neighborhood legend. Yep. Yeah, man. Run higher. Yeah. Run faster. Jump higher. That, that's. that's P.S. Liars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And I'm, I'm seeing some more of these pictures, man. It's going to be sweet. Absolutely sweet when that corn. Uh, Get hits that lights and I just saw that too, man. So I, you know what, Mike? For my number, my next pick, and I'm not gonna go Field of Dreams because, man, it's not a movie that I, is in my wheelhouse. But for baseball movies, man, I love Major League. Oh yeah, I uh, love I, it. It gave me a lot of hope as a kid, as a Pirates fan. Though, and you know what? Maybe one year it just kind of all comes together like it did for those those shitty ass Indians, you know, and. <laughs> Love it when the ground screws down there. They're horrible. And just get in front of the damn ball. Don't just it's just such a quotable movie. Oh, and man, you, I mean the wild thing performance. And now and just it almost makes it better now knowing what Charlie Sheen is. Um like it's just it's it is what it is, but man, I love that movie. Probably my top baseball movie ever. Those lovable Indians. Hey, that's a good one. That's a good pick. So what what you got next, man? What what would be your your number two. All right, next I'm gonna go with a little one, a little outside the box, still a pretty good one. Rookie of the year. Oh, okay, Henry Henry Rowan Gardner. I love it. Rosin Bagger. <laughs> Rosin Bagger. Breaking his arm, going out hey, there. The pitch. And he's the pitching coach as well in that <laughs> electric performance. Um, what, do you, what do you do? You, you hit up the ice cube. Hot ice. <laughs> Hot ice. Man, I mean, electric performance from him. Dude, honestly, as well, the fact you have Gary Busey in that movie um, as Chet just, man, just makes it for me. Uh, I, I, I'm with you, Mike. I really like that as the number two pick there, man. That's a, that's a very, very solid, solid selection. Man, my number two, and I'll probably get some grief from this one, too, but I think it goes into the same vein as, you know, the Indians and being a terrible team. Loved Angels in the Outfit. Oh, God, I love that one. That was one of my favorite movies as a kid jp it could happen <laughs> you know just the, i mean just matthew mcconaughey out there making web gems uh that was you know, the old wasn't it I, I never even thought about that, that old danny old, oh yeah man matthew mcconaughey with help of his help of our friends uh you know with a couple legendary willie may style plays and just the the announcing in that movie i thought was hilarious with less is more ranch less is more um and just having kind of George Knox, like I imagine him as like a Dusty Baker character and how how good Tony Danza was um, in that film as well, man. Just love, love Angels in the Outfield. And I'll, I'll, I will, I will stand proudly with that as my number two pick. And, and that, that was come at me for it. That's cast. okay. It was. It's a cast in that movie. Jeez. And the Angels came from nowhere, man. You know, it could happen. So that was, I mean, hey, give me hope as a Pirates fan growing up as a kid. So. Love Angels in the Outfield. Great movie. What's your uh, – you got a third there, Mike. 
I do. Um, you know, I, of late, I've grown to respect the grind of minor league baseball, working for the power, seeing what those guys go through day in, day out. Mm-hmm. My number three pick, I'm going to have to go with Bull Durham. Oh, great flick. Great, great flick. Great Kevin Costner movie. Um, awesome story. Uh, that, that's a good one. Because it's just there's just something about minor league baseball that's just kind of mystifying, and it's a cool little nook and cranny of American sports, and I think that kind of gives a comedic look inside the day in day out grind of the minor leagues. So it kind of does, though, if you think about it. You know, the the Crash Davis scenarios, Annie learning how to be how some of these guys are. You know, they're going to be the guy, but yet still is performing to the level of even a guy who's still like it really does. It, it kind of does hit it right on the head, Mike. It, it, it is mystifying the world of minor league baseball, and Bull Durham is perfect for it. Love that choice, man. Love that choice. Um, that got me through a couple of the first two days of quarantine, man. They showed that a bunch on FS1, and it was – it felt right. It felt right, man. When there was no baseball to be seen, I was like, oh, okay, well, Bull Durham, that's, this, this is pretty good. We'll, we'll, latch, we'll latch on here for a minute. So, yeah, I'm with you, buddy. My my last pick on this because we could probably go for a little bit longer, but you know we'll we'll kind of we'll spare we'll spare folks. Man, my third one, I think, absolutely, man. I, there's the thing about baseball is there's just so many good baseball movies. It's by far the best genre um, for sports movies without question. I, I don't I think, think anybody so can I think, anybody can say that. I think in my this is my opinion. Totally subjective. I think that the best sports movie of all time is Remember the Titans. Okay. But it I is think, a great movie. I think there are the most great baseball movies, though. Yeah. It is the most it's the most dramatic, most romantic sport by far. Yeah, and you can set up a lineup a lot a lot further down with flicks, baseball movies than you can just about any other one. Um Mike, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you this one, man. Another one that kind of a little bit out of left. I love Little Big League. Okay. Loved Little Big League as a kid. The Billy Haywood deal, managing the team. I thought it was cool. Like, it was – I love that movie, man. There's just a lot of cool things about it. The relationship with him and his grandpa. They use the real players. They don't win at the end. King Griffey Jr. makes the sensational catch. So, you get that aspect of, like, man, baseball, a lot of times you don't come out on top. And – feels like a lot of times in these movies, they end them on, like, winning somewhere at the level. Like, the Indians beat the Yankees to make the playoffs. Or, you know, they don't, they don't show the next series where they get smashed by the White Sox, you know, 4-1 to, <laughs> yeah. to one or something like that. But in that one, they show Junior bringing it back, and the Twins don't make the playoffs, the Mariners do. It was a great movie, man. And just the way he commanded the team as a kid, I love that movie. Right, that's a good one. I'm not mad at that one. That's- nah. So, I mean, we left Food of Dreams totally off. I mean – you know, yeah. obvious pick tonight. That, that's a great one. Um, but hey, I wouldn't take away any of my three picks. No, I'm with you. I mean, 61's out there. That, that one's a little more of a documentary. I mean, it's a true, movie true. I, 42, a Jackie slow, Robinson was pretty good. That was a good one. I, yeah. I like that one a lot. I really do too. Uh, man, Mike, I'm, I'm just sitting here even kind of racking the brain for a couple other, couple other ones. We've almost got ourselves like a top, we've almost filled out down the utility lineup here um rookie of the year was a or excuse me um, the, the rookie the rookie, yeah. the rookie with dennis quaid you know yeah. throwing darts and the high school teacher from texas coming out of nowhere to 
to make it. Mr. Baseball with Tom Selleck. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. Got got hooked onto that by a buddy of mine. Is that pretty, where he plays in Japan? Right? Yes. Pretty funny movie. Crazy. None of that. A lot of that comedy now would probably have uh, never seen the light of day. But yeah, what are you going to do? Oh, well, yeah. Hey, man. You can't, can't go back and can't go back forever. <laughs> but, man, I mean, pumped, pumped about about this game tonight, seeing how Field of Dreams will play out. Maybe they could do this for Sandlot eventually down the road. That'd be sweet. Get like an eight thousand seat stadium, like in somebody's junkyard in like a big ass city or something like that. Like, that'd be cool. That would be cool. You'd have a big dog on the sideline, big Hercules. Oh, you, yeah, you gotta have a Hercules man there if you're gonna if you're gonna do it right. You have to. And and then you gotta probably take like you know seventh inning stretch or during the inning breaks. You gotta find a way to like get a ball from over the fence or something like that. That should <laughs> definitely be a part of the entertainment for the night for sure. Well, Mike, buddy, I appreciate you coming in, man, joining us here on the porch and talking some baseball. We'll definitely have to do it again. We'll bring Mike back as well um, for some football conversation as we continue to trickle toward those magical days of September when the picks in starts flying. But till then, man, we're going to keep enjoying baseball. And, uh, Mike, I appreciate it, buddy. Tell people where they can listen to you, man. Absolutely, man. First off, I, I, I was stoked to be on the porch for the first time. I really appreciate you. Um, Glad to have you, brother. Uh, you can listen to, to our radio station, WMOV 1360 AM's podcast content on my Twitter page. It's at Sussman West Virginia Sports Talk. So um, you can listen to listen to me there. And then I do the play-by-play commentary for the West Virginia Power Baseball team. We stream all of our home games on the West Virginia Power Facebook Live page. That's been It's been a lot of fun this year just getting that product out. Everybody, uh, we've had a lot of fun at the ballpark this year. So that's Absolutely. that's something we have, really Mike. We've had a lot of fun at the ballpark, and the team's starting to play better. So they're you know. they're on the roll, man. Yeah, they're playing well in the second half. Well, Mike, I appreciate you coming out, brother. And uh, man, until next time, you guys take it easy.